0: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans podcast. I'm Clint. Thanks for joining me and I hope you're excited to hear about quite possibly the bloodiest battle in all of border history. And we're not talking about in this category battles between nations like Scotland and England. We're talking about a clan battle between the Maxwells and Johnstons. Now before I get too deep into this subject... Let me get a, give a quick shout-out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They've got an awesome YouTube channel. The name of the channel is USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. And then they've also got a website where you can purchase their, their kilts and everything else that you'd ever need to go with a kilt at usakilts.com. And I actually found out something neat in addition to what I already knew about that website just by Kind of an accident, but I'll get more into that later. But just wanted to to let you know they've got some awesome content on their YouTube channel and some some great products on their website as well as some awesome customer service. So to start off this like I like to do, I'm gonna just talk about where I'm pulling some of this information because sources are important, right? I there's a I was it's interesting to me if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of times any amount of time and you've this isn't your first episode you'll know that i I'm super interested in the origin stories of the different clans and specifically I'm really interested on or about where these people come from ethnically speaking i'm I'm interested to know if this is a Scandinavian if there are gales from Dalriada if quite possibly they might even be a pictish of pictish descent maybe they're descended from the britons of strathclyde or the angles of northumbria and so i tried to look that up for the maxwells and johnstons cuz that's how i want to start this um, so i went to some of the places i went to for this were the Society.com. tried to look on there another source that i checked out was the history of the johnstons 1191 to 1909 by cl johnston and I couldn't find the actual date on that one. I probably just didn't look hard enough, but I've given you enough information if you want to find it out. there You can download the PDF from archive.org. And then as well, archive.org can hook you up with a copy of The Battle of Dry Sands by William McVitie, and that was published in 1858. So this is what I'm drawing from. The History of the Johnstons, 1191-1909. Ah... I didn't read very far down into that before I was starting to see all sorts of problems like the how the how Dundee got its name instead of the fort on the River Dee or near the River Dee you, I got some weird latin thing that doesn't make any sense and and so I it seems like the scholarly level of CL Johnston's work there wasn't crazy awesome and, you know, you not all these, just because it's an old, you know, maybe it was published in the early 1900s, mid-1800s, mid, mid 1800s, like the Battle of Drive Sands was, doesn't, doesn't make it contemporary, and even contemporary sources don't make it bulletproof. And so, those are some of the sources that I actually used Wikipedia to get to. I went to the Wikipedia article, found some links, went in there, tried to see what my best sources were. So, if you are neck deep in the history of the Maxwell's or the Johnstons, and you've got some sources that I really need to see, please, please hook me up. You can do that on the Facebook group, or you can send a personal email to me at, at the clans at gmail.com. Um, those are probably two of the best ones. The Facebook group actually is pretty big right now, and I miss a lot of content because it's so big. It's almost, we're just shy of 13,000 members in that group, and just you can imagine that there that there's a lot of content on out on there that I don't have really time to go through everything that's on there, but you can via that group send me a personal message. So and and some of you have done that anyway. So that's my sources that I'm pulling from, and like I told you, I use Wikipedia as a springboard to find those sources. And what I'm probably going to do for this when I actually get to the narration of the battle is I'm just going to pop over to the Wikipedia page. The Wikipedia page pulls most of its information from the Battle of Drive Sands source that I just mentioned. It's not the only source that it uses, but it it seems to rely heavily on that source. But it cleans it up a little bit and pulls in some things from other sources. So um, that's I'm probably just going to go to the Wikipedia page and just read off the account of the battle from there. Now, before I get into the the actual battle, I do want to give you some background on the contending parties, the two main parties. There's a lot of kindreds that were actually sucked into this battle and took part in it. The two main parties that I'd like to give you a little bit of background, not not very much, are the Maxwells and the Johnstons. This is primarily a conflict between these two clans. And yeah, I'm going to use the term clan without reservation here. These are not just a couple of aristocratic families using contemporary sources, specifically that that government document from 1587 that lists different what they call clans and families from the highlands and borders specifically that are more loyal to their chief than they are to the government. We're seeing definitely a strong kin-based society here and from contemporary sources. So this is I'm not going to spend a lot of time diving into, like I have with previous clans, are these guys a clan or just an aristocratic family? What evidence do we see? The Maxwells and the Johnstons were clans. They followed chiefs. They went into combat, whether it was with each other, whether it was with other Scottish families, or um, often across the border into England on raids they did so as a functioning kin group in a very, very similar matter to the Highlanders. Okay, so the little background on the Maxwells, they're likely of Norman origin, but the, we do not have an unbroken chain of ancestry like some of the other Norman families do. We have pretty good records for the Bruce's, for the the Balliol's, for the Stuarts, um, even some pretty good cases have been made for the Elliots being of Breton origin, like the Stuarts, and you know Freskin, the Flemish knight who was given a large territory up in the province of Murray, formerly the kingdom of Murray, and we got got into a little bit of a Facebook conversation about that earlier about the connection between the Murray name and the province of Murray, which actually might be a an upcoming episode pretty soon anyway. Those some of those families have really well documented lineages back to either their they stopped in Nor- in England for a couple generations, or sometimes clear back to Normandy or or Brittany or Flanders, wherever they're coming from. We know where they're coming from, e- even in the case of Freskin, the the Flemish knight. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if they tied it right back to Flanders, but we all know that he was a Flemish knight, and that's pretty well established. With the Maxwell's, it's not quite so much. Um, the MaxwellSociety.com that is reading for the Maxwell origins said that the first person on note as obtaining this territory in near a place that was called Maxwell or Max's Well. This person had a Norman name of Herbert, and so they're saying, hey, it's a Norman name. It's a time when Normans are being given territory in this area. Let's stack up a few clues and call them Normans. So I don't have any huge problems with that leap because I don't have any better information. The So the place where they were given territory in was Nithsdale. That's where this Max as well that they originally obtained possession of land around is located. Nithsdale is a glen or a strath, if you're using the the Gaelic, which is a river valley that runs along the River Nith, north and south. The Maxwell chiefs held the position of warden of the Scottish West March off and on since 1476. So that was a very important position on the Scottish borders, and I'll go into that in just a little bit. Let me switch over to the Johnstons. The Johnstons, their connection to a Norman lineage is less established, or I found that the, the clues or the evidence for it were less solid than that of the Maxwells. And I, I, here's, here's something I, I wonder about. When, when, we have, when we don't have a strong connection back in there to an established lineage, let's say to the Normans, why wouldn't the Johnstons be a local family raised up from maybe the Britons of Strathclyde, who go back in generations and generations before the Normans came, possibly a, a family of note. And even when Normans are being handed property in some of these areas and being set up by the the Canmore dynasty, who were big fans of the Normans, why isn't it possible that there is a local British family who, like I said, Britons of Strathclyde who could have earned themselves favor of those in power and obtained possession and, and influence in these areas—that's just a theory, and I really don't have a lot to go on other than it's a pretty shaky connection back from there to um, to the Normans. So I don't know. I, I don't I haven't heard anybody made a really make a really solid argument. Like I said, the history of the Johnstons that I had looked up by C. L. Johnston. It was all sort uh, full of all sorts of historical problems in it, and so I don't. I'm not really wasn't really that confident in it. So if any of you have a solid academic source for the Johnston origins, I'd be really interested to hear it or to see it, if you can hook me up with a link to it. Um, the Johnstons were the most powerful clan in Annandale, which runs along the River Annan, and it runs parallel north and south, Parallel to Nithsdale to the east of Nithsdale. They run parallel to each other. So you've got these these rivers with a range of hills, hill country in between that separate these two these two straths or dales. Just like the Maxwells held the office of warden of the Scottish West March off and on since 1476, the chiefs of the Johnstons. Also held the same office off and on, but their the first time that they were involved in that position goes back almost a hundred years earlier to 1388. Now so let's talk about the this. Let's set the stage here in this border country. So I do have an actual full episode on the border reavers back in one of my earlier episodes. If you scroll back way, way, way back, I give an introduction to the border reavers and. It's interesting that I had a Facebook, on Facebook, I had a listener of the podcast say, hey, could you do something on the, I think they were asking for the Johnstons, and I, I said, hey, go back and check my episode episode out on the Battle of Drive Sands, because I was positive that I had done this already, and then I got, I was going to hook her up with a link, and I got looking back and looking back through all my episodes to grab the URL and just pop it in Facebook. I couldn't find it. I was certain I had done an episode on this. And I may have mentioned it in that earlier episode on the on the Border Reavers, but I sure couldn't find a, a solid episode on this. But um so I do have an episode on on the uh the border the border reavers, the border clans generally. But so if you're listening, you listener out there who I told you, and you're like, I can't find it. Well, neither could I. So, (laughs) I gave you bad information. Here's, so I hope you're, I hope you're listening to this because this was largely thought of this episode because I couldn't find an episode that I was sure I'd done. I thought, well, if I haven't done it, I should. So, the so to give you some context of the border country, you have, you have. And these conditions really originate back during the Scottish Wars of Independence. You have Scotland and England just going at it back and forth. And every time that an army passes through, they just lay waste. And it becomes really unprofitable for the people living in this country on either side of the border, what what eventually became the border, to raise crops. So cattle become definitely the... the, um, livelihood of choice now there are some boroughs that are established in this area but um, largely it's a cattle economy now neither crown was interested in enforcing their will in this area so it becomes kind of this lawless no man's land now eventually a system develops called the marches the war, the the there's a system of marches, which, which really is a, it goes back to a, a word that means frontier or border country. And on the English side, you have the English west, middle, and east march. They, they've divor- divided the territory, the English territory along the border, into these areas they call marches, east, middle, and west. And on the Scottish side, they have a mirroring system of marches. Once again, west, east, And middle, and they don't, but they don't exactly line up. And this is really easy information to find on the internet. But each march had a warden that was appointed, I believe, by the crown to hold that position and to be kind of in charge of um, establishing some kind of semblance of law and order. Now, the one of the problems was these wardens were neck deep in local politics feuds. And so, maybe you'll get justice if you have some kind of kinship or other connection to the warden, but if you're on the opposite side of where he's decided to land, then you're going to be hard up for any kind of justice. And so, we do have this system of, which in the highlands, this kin-based society can go back as far as we have records for these people. Clear back to the kingdoms of Dalriada, and we see a a kin-based society there on the borders, my understanding is that it develops out of these situations. In order for them to have any kind of protection or be able to redress any wrongs or appeal to any kind of a system of order, they have to band together these kin groups. And so out of environment, they start to look a lot like the society that the highlanders already had been living in for a long time and maybe we could push into the very southwest into galloway that may have had a similar system they have a gallic background like the highlands and the western isles do so anyway so you have this system of clans develop along the border and these these warden these wardens of each march are in a st- are responsible for law and order within their march and so i mentioned that both the chiefs of the Johnston's and Maxwells are both holding this office off and on for quite a long time and I'm just going to actually read to you a list from the from the very first m- warden of the march I'm going to read a list clear up until there wasn't such a thing anymore which is coincides with James the 6th of Scotland inheriting the throne of england and became becomes james the first there that's about when this whole border thing you know you've got the same you've all got the same king so you're not and you're not part of different kingdoms and some of the things that allowed them to get away with certain things now that everybody's got the same king that just changes the environment completely but let me i'm just going to read down this whole list and just listen to the different surnames so it's not exclusively johnston's and maxwell's there's several other surnames listed in there, but listen for the Johnstons and Maxwells so you can kind of gain an idea of how this goes. I'm only going to read surnames except for the first one, that's Sir James Douglas. I, I did a podcast episode a while ago on the Douglas clan who were the original border reavers. Now, just to—and this will give you—you'll hear their names mixed in here. The Douglases were—even though they, they inherited property throughout Scotland and operated on a national level— at their core, they're still a, a border clan. And so I'm gonna list down this. So Sir James Douglas, who's in The Outlaw King, and we see him being Robert the Bruce's one of his very closest compadres. Um so he starts our list off. First warden of the West March. The next one, and I'm just after this, I'm just reading surnames, just listen to the surnames. Douglas, Douglas, Johnston. Douglas, Johnston, Douglas, Johnston... Stewart, Johnston, Stewart... Maxwell, Maxwell... Hepburn... Johnston, Johnston... Maxwell, Johnston... Douglas, Hepburn... Maxwell... Douglas, Johnston... Maxwell, Maxwell... Maxwell Carmichael, Maxwell... Douglas, Maxwell... Johnston, Carmichael, Johnston... Hume. Okay, so... There's a list, and you can kind of see the involvement of these two clans, the Maxwells and the Johnstons, in this office of warden of the Scottish West March. Now, before um I go any farther, I'm gonna give my no-kidding shout out to the USA Kilts guys, specifically Rocky and Eric, but they've got a whole crew there, a, a trusty crew there that you'll actually see them. Um, Rocky and Eric and the rest of their crew on their YouTube channel. If you go check out their videos, they've got all sorts of cool stuff on there. Um, they're just they're just so good at a fielding questions that have been sent into them, and then also anticipating questions that people might have. Everything from how to size your kilt, how to what to wear with your kilt, how to do it properly. Um, they get, they get into Scottish history and culture. On their YouTube channel, it really is informative, and I and I really do recommend you going to it. I really enjoy watching it, and I think that Rocky and Eric have a really good um, dynamic between the two of them, that, how they play off of each other and, and interact with each other in those videos. But the, their content's good, aside from all that. So that's their their YouTube channel is USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Now their their website where you go to buy everything is USAKilts.com. Now I just found something new on this. I was looking for. I, I can't even remember how I found it, but they've got clan histories on there now. So go out there and, ch- and 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 I read through one of the clan histories, and it really was very similar in quality to the best of what else you're going to find as far as websites are con, um, concerned. And and I want to make sure that I don't sound. Um, critical of like scott clans electric scotland you guys know that i've read whole chunks of my episodes off of ElectricScotland.com. the things that you'll find on usakilts.com in their history section which i think is new i just barely found it so there's more content on there aside from buying their stuff is you can actually see clan histories that's on par with any of the other sites so um but that's What I really want to brag on them for is for their their products. I I have a kilt from them. I love wearing it, and I've got uh, some of the other basics that go with the kilt. Go on there, get your kilt from them if you're in the market for a kilt. If you're not in the market for a kilt but you want something that says, I'm Scottish go to their, go to usakilts.com and get it from there. They also have some stuff for I, from the other Celtic countries like Ireland and Wales. Um, I've got a, a Welsh kilt pin I've had my eye on there for a while. I'm just cheap and on a super strict budget, so um, I just don't buy everything that I see that I want, but um, they've got a lot of stuff on there that I still some of it that I have bought like the kilt and some of it that I want to get in the future. So I really do recommend not only their products, but their customer service is awesome and it's free shipping to anybody in the U S. So let's get back into the Johnston and, um, the Johnston Maxwell feud. Um, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap up. I'm at about that 20 minute stage. I'm a little past 20 minutes right here. So I'm going to just kind of explain leading into the battle right now and then I'm going to give the actual battle in the next episode but the the Maxwells and Johnston's had had a feud for a while before the battle of Drive Sands there were several encounters leading up to this and I think that's important to set the context not just the broad context of the border country like I just did and the system of the marches and the wardens and and the history of each clan but You got to get some context of the relationship between these two clans. They had had some ongoing problems with each other, but had signed one of these bonds. One of these, uh, I don't know if it was a bond of man rent. Those do come into play here. I did a whole episode on bonds of man rent a while ago. You can go to that episode if you want to dig in and find out what those are in a little more detail. But um, they had had problems and then they'd gone settled it and gone into a truce and then they broke the truce and then they had huge conflicts and killed lots of each other including chiefs so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to jump into that on my next episode and i'm just going to and i'm going to get in there and I'm going to tell you the whole story the battle of drive sands i'm going to give you more detail on the events leading up to it and, and then I'm going to break it down afterwards, and if once again, if I go too far past the 20-minute the mark in telling that part of it, I'm going to break off and make a third episode, so a part three to this, and I'm going to maybe discuss some of the things about that battle, some of the details that I think are of interest, at least interesting to me, and hopefully interesting to you, so we can understand these clans better, maybe and also understand the nature of clanship and and some of the other interesting details that play into the Battle of drive Sands. So today, Episode 1, Part 1 of this, is setting the stage. Part 2 will be the actual battle, and if we have time, we'll get into some of the commentary on the battle. But maybe that might make a Part 3. So thanks for joining me today. Please share this podcast or whatever form you're getting this in. Um, eventually, I'll make a video out of it. Share this with people that you think would be interested in it. If you want to reach out to me, like I said... Our Facebook group is huge, so if you can actually send me a message on there, one. Two, send me an email on clans at gmail.com. And three, you can leave me a... Please go on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, give me all the stars you feel honest giving, and give me a written review. I just checked that recently, and I had somebody jump on there and give me five stars, so I thought that was pretty cool. And... Um, yeah, and if you want to get involved in just a general Scottish clans conversation, go to our Facebook group called Scottish Clans. In the meantime, and until the next episode comes out, Marish and